0: Please pronounce your name correctly for me.
1: Ingunn Fjola Ingðurstóttir.
0: Lovely. Now we're here at the, uh, it's the Iceland art museum, what's the name? It's, it's the National, the National Gallery. Gallery. National
1: Gallery. Of Iceland. Yeah.
0: In Reykjavík. In Reykjavík, yes. Which i pronounce Reykjavík all yeah. the time. <laughs> <I'm so laughs> Everyone bad.
1: does that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. But,
0: so you have an exhibition up. I mean, so i guess the first thing so let's go back so like how did you get started were were your parents creative like schooling what was the thing that sort of brought you into the creative path
1: my parents are like most of my family is like scientists or or in social science my uh, parents got divorced when i was uh, just one year old and my father is a psychologist and my stepfather is a physiologist and so my whole family was not into art um but my my father is artistic though um he draws and yeah and but i i wasn't really raised uh going to art museums or like looking at um art rather uh, other than just what they had on the walls which was quite random i think um but um i was Always drawing as a kid. So I think my parents, um, they, yeah, saw that I enjoyed that. So I got sent to a lot of, uh, courses, like, um, weekend courses and art courses, uh, my whole youth. And I, when I was in high school, my, um, the line or the program I was in was scientific. So I was, um, at that time, I didn't really see art as, um, a profession you could do. It, it was not like a possibility, you know. Nobody so, does. No. <laughs> so it's common. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It's,
0: it's, you know, the uh, what uh, uh, starving artist kind of stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. Nobody sees it as like, oh, that's a profession to make lots of money. I should do that.
1: No, exactly. Well, nobody was stopping me. I, I didn't have the kind of parents that were telling me that it was a bad idea. They were, uh, but it was just not... It was just not in front of me, you know
0: right but you also mentioned that like you were on a track so so the educational system here is like yeah. what after what we call like intermediate so like seventh eighth grade or so you have to choose a, a gymnasium basically like yeah. a track that you go into sciences yes. arts etc
1: exactly yeah
0: but did you did where is it that you choose it or is it sort of chosen for you based on your aptitude and tests no and it's grades? not
1: like in germany uh it's not where it's like a path that is chosen for you it's it's you choose. is that a german yeah. thing i did know that yeah okay. well it's really early on that they um kind of decide which way you should head uh, if you should go into that like
0: sounds horrible yeah <laughs> um
1: i don't know well I st- I, i'm not um how do you say i don't know so much about it but i i heard that they choose quite early if they want to do like a, an academic career or if they want to go into more like carpentry and some hands off on um apprentice Apprenticeship, uh, yeah. yes. But
0: I, I'm thinking back to my own child, I'm like, I would have been we I have no idea what I would I would have been like a fireman yeah, or like I know, a lawyer yeah, or like yeah. I mean I changed my interests so many times in my years. I
1: know and some people I are been a
0: skateboarder are, at yeah. one point. <laughs> like is that a thing?
1: I don't know. Well it's I, I think it it's like parents and teachers trying to find the right path for you, uh based on like your skills and, and your grades. So it's it's classifying
0: kids, I was horrible yeah. at that. Uh, Everything in my youth, yeah, like really bad. Like I mean,
1: I know so many people that uh, found late in life what they wanted to do and were maybe dyslexic and thought they couldn't do an academic background, but then later in life they figured out they could do that and now have like BAs and MAs and 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 PhDs even. And so, yeah, so it it's not a perfect system, I think, in in Germany, but.
0: Yeah. No judgment on the German people listening. Yeah. We apologize <laughs> they, great they, thing. They are structured. Yeah. I, I mean, I and love I, German yeah, structure. Me too. I'm so great with that. <laughs> I'm great with their design and their like impeccable quality yeah. control and all this kind of stuff. Like I am very, we've talked about this right before we got on the episode, but like I'm seven eighth German. So mm. like I'm all about German, like engineering, yeah. you know, all these kinds of stuff. My first, one of my first cars was a BMW. Like I'm all about it.
1: Me too. But, I've, but, I've yeah, exhibited a lot in Germany. A little weird. Yeah, well, it, it seems strange to us. I don't know. It, you know, it's it's hard to judge when you're not raised there. But, oh no, it's yeah. easy to judge. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's easy to, to judge. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. <laughs> Everything's yeah. easy to judge.
0: But we just don't, yeah. may not have enough information to be making a informed judgment. Yes, <laughs> but that's it, what I was trying to, to say. <laughs> yeah.
1: So in in Iceland, you you choose a track uh, and you apply for for schools and um but you can change your mind you know you can you can go back and forth in the school system
0: and so and you were in the sciences
1: yeah so i was and i was um i thought i wanted to be uh, i don't know i was really good at math and so i thought maybe i wanted to be an engineer or maybe i wanted to be a doctor or a physiotherapist how does math so, <laughs>
0: equate to any of those professions
1: <laughs> well when you're good at math, people tend to put you in a category and say, well, you, you, you could be a, a, like a engineer, for example.
0: Engineer, I yeah. go with math. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Physiotherapist, not
1: so much. Well, well it's it's lo- logical. It's, um,
0: it's okay, so that's what it is. Yeah. So math equates to logic. Yes, I okay. think so. Yeah, right. yeah, that makes yeah.
1: Sense. Of course, it's a working with people a lot, a lot so i i get why you um don't get it so yeah yeah when i
0: was in high school they gave us one of those little aptitude tests of like yeah. what your profession should be uh-huh. based on like your whatever yeah and they said that i should be either a art curator a okay. museum curator oh wow or a mortician <laughs> and i'm just like how are Life those similar yeah like those... i mean the closest i came up to was like Working alone, sort of like doing uh-huh. your thing, researching yeah. si- little science, little combination. Like, exactly. But like, I thought that was the most ridiculous combination. Funny of jobs. that
1: it's so exact. It's so. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Not not like working like... the funerary arts no. or, <laughs> anybody, or work in the arts, but art curator or mortician.
1: That's yeah, that's strange. I never well, oddly took enough, those my, tests. My brother became a mortician. Oddly <laughs> okay. Enough, <so> like, <laughs> You know, maybe, yeah.
0: maybe, it was, maybe it was just a family trait i guess yeah and i've of course curated just like every other artist and yeah. professor does you know but not my thing though no i would like to curate more but i guess i just i don't i don't push on doing that mm. i'm not sure i keep in touch i guess well enough to like, do it
1: i see I mean, like keep in touch with artists and and like.
0: And what's going on in the yeah, sort of yeah. the, the, the the ethos? Of, ethos is not the right word. The the like what's going on in the yeah. current arts community kind of thing. Like I mean, I, I think I would probably be pretty good at like curating a historical exhibition, mm. but maybe not a contemporary exhibition.
1: I see. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll go with that yeah. <laughs> story. I'm sticking to. <laughs> Good with stories, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> yeah, finishing schooling.
1: So, yeah, so, um, yeah, so I finished this, um, uh, I think it's called high school in English, this gymnasium. Uh, 18 yeah. years, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, gymnasium is yeah, high school.
1: We, uh, in Iceland, it, we had a different system. So uh, back then, we finished uh, when we were 20, so quite old. Just to be yeah. clear,
0: though, your youth was in Reykjavik.
1: Yeah, well, in a suburb called Kopavogur.
0: So oh very yeah, close. makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no,
0: it's it's pretty. I mean, there's really only one big city in the whole yes, island. Yes, so exactly. Yeah, okay, yeah. So pretty much.
1: But I I spent my summers uh, in the north of Iceland uh, because my father lived in in Akurey for for a while. He actually lived in the West Fjords and in. Uh, in a town called East but my whole uh, family, both my mother and father, <laughs> so he,
0: he lived in the West Fjords in a place called East something.
1: No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like but yeah. A little weird, but <laughs> all right. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So my um, my whole family, my both my mom, mothers, and my father's family is from the north. So I spent my summers there and and holidays
0: okay so i'm i'm from the united states i'm Mm -hmm. quote unquote like from the north like Mm. i mean i don't whatever but but like there's like a true like northern southern divide in the united states there's a very distinct difference is there a difference like between like northern people of iceland versus let's call it like city folk
1: Mm, no not really it's um it's same mentality there's a slight dialect difference there uh, yeah there's uh they speak a little bit more harsh in the north they like pronounce the town akurere instead of we would say akurere so yeah That's and there's very subtle yeah. there's like um yeah and there's like um this debate on if the weather is better in in the north or the south and and they claim it's better in the in the north they always they say it's always sunny and in, uh, in the north at akurere and and then yeah so it's like small <laughs>
0: okay so not major yeah. No, no, yeah no
1: no no i mean
0: in the united states we've got like you know against racism for yeah, racism no, like we got like pretty that. big divides yeah, no. in, our, in our thing yeah, okay no no no
1: all right and people move back and forth and yeah so
0: all right yeah so, art school
1: yeah um and so like, I finished this uh, gymnasium and I wasn't sure what to do. I had th- this idea of yeah, going to the university, studying something practical, scientific, maybe. Uh, but I wasn't sure, so I took a year off and I worked for one year uh, for a shipping company. I was like, um, I don't know what it's called in, ing- in English.
0: A shipping company? A shipping, shipping company. company. Yeah, okay, yeah,
1: it's okay. um, uh, an old shipping company called Imskip and um, my job was, this was like the beginning of the internet, Uh, so my job was like, um, I was like, um, I have no idea what it's called in in English, I I was uh, taking letters to one, from one department to another, because uh, the emails were just, there, it was in the early days of emails uh-huh. so it was still a lot of paperwork and i had like a tray that i was taking with an elevator between the floors and picking up um uh papers and taking them to a different department back and forth
0: delivery boy
1: delivery boy yeah delivery girl yeah that's, i was gonna say yeah. so sexist what <laughs> I just said, but that's fine you, yeah, you get yeah. The gist. that's what that's what i was doing and uh, yeah it was it was fun, and I worked for a year, and I realized uh, when I because I always thought I could have like the arts. Um, I, I had been painting for many years, and I thought I could have it as a hobby um, alongside a more practical career. And then I realized, you know, uh, there's not a lot of time and energy left at the end of the day, and so I, I took a U-turn and decided that I wanted to pursue the arts. Um, I had been encouraged by teachers at this, um, uh, this, um, art class that I was going to, weekend class and night class, but I never really thought seriously about it until then. So I, um, I applied for a foundation year at the, it's, um, it was at the old, um, it was a school called the Icelandic College of Arts and Crafts. It doesn't exist anymore now it's the Reykjavik Art School on the other hand and the Iceland Academy of the arts on the on the other. So I applied for this foundation year and I got in and after that, there was no turning back.
0: <laughs> All right, I want to jump ahead for a second though because you sort of talked about like you know having a job and like doing it as a doing art as a hobby like mm-hmm. so how do you find? sort of like that balance of like making money having a career like all this kind of stuff in Iceland
1: yeah it it it's the I think it's the biggest struggle that we we have here it's artists everywhere. yeah you're not
0: special in that <laughs> no. way at all but yeah. I'm interested in sort of maybe what some of the unique struggles are that, yeah, that exist here
1: exactly well um I guess we have a grant system, and we uh-huh. have, um, you could say, we have a grant system that is maybe not as good as they have in Norway, for example.
0: Okay, wait, side yeah. note this podcast is supported by a grant from Iceland, <laughs> Liechtenstein, and Norway. So I'd say I appreciate it. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's my position, but go on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we have like a support system, and. Um, But the grants that we get, they are quite low, so they are never really enough to kind of live from. So I have been doing jobs on the side since since I graduated from my BA.
0: Okay, and wait. Just to be clear, so you're talking about the are you talking about the artist salary? Yes. Okay, because yeah. like you said, grants. So I'm just wondering yeah, if oh, there I'm are sorry. additional grants. Yeah, there like, are. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say there's more than just the quote unquote like artist salary or what is it stipend salary? What's it salary? Yeah, it's, it I think salary?
1: it's artist salary. Yeah. It's like a monthly. Um, payment that right. you get but it comes
0: and in different increments like one year three years five years something like that actually
1: in iceland it it's in months months yeah oh, so, that's even worse yeah it, the, the most you get is 18 months oh that's horrible um okay. and very very few people get that usually just one or two a year usually the person going to the venice biennale i get that one uh and then maybe five six seven people get 12 months and then the rest gets like nine months six months even three months so it's um it's there but it's it's not enough
0: you know okay wait so let's take this one step because you know i'm still learning and trying to understand this so how much effort has to be put in to receive this grant because like from my experiences i find grants slash residency slash all these other kinds of opportunities mm-hmm. which are great opportunities i don't want to like down and send me negatively approach them i find them as a general whole to y- use up so much energy and time for such yeah. little potential return mm-hmm. oftentimes because like you like in general you'll write like ten residency applications for the ho- with the potential of getting one yeah but that's a lot of work and effort because each one of them have to be individually written they have to be individually researched they have to yeah. be you know they they want their images formatted differently and it's a freaking pain in the ass yeah same thing with grants like exactly. you, you know so like it,
1: this is a lot of work and it's it's once a year that uh, you can apply for this and it it um goes for the the year after Mm -hmm. so you uh, write this the problem well i I would say uh, one of the problems is that you write this in september and you base the application on what you're going to do the year after and so you're writing in september 2021 what you're going to do in 2022 and sometimes you already have like something's planned but very often you don't and the museums have not finished their schedule and the galleries and so on so it's um, it is quite difficult, like when you're starting out your career and things are going happening quickly. It's it's hard to to get the grant, but maybe you get the three months then. And yeah, yeah. But
0: I, I'm like thirty years into my career, and I hate that question. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you here? Let me give us. Well, let me apply for a grant for a thing I'm going to make in the future. I don't even know what I'm going to make tomorrow.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you you. You try to say it generally, generally enough so that you can change it, but still like um, have a mission. But the thing is, you need to have um, like a uh, some proof of what you're going to do. So you have to have like a formal invitation from a gallery or from a museum. So there has to be something that's kind of, um, so yeah.
0: Just to be clear, just to like put this all together. So you have to have a formal invitation from a gallery or an institution or a museum for an exhibition of a thing that you might make sometime in the future if you get the funding in order to then do the exhibition because like it's this horrible little vicious cycle mm, because like you
1: could say yeah you could say it's like, like that yeah well, cause like,
0: well I mean okay so you get yeah. the let's say you get a gallery to say okay we'll do this exhibition so then you turn around and you apply for funding but you don't get the funding can you still do the exhibition
1: yeah you you can but then you just pay everything yourself you know yeah again vicious cycle
0: yeah. <laughs> this is the problem i mean cuz yeah. like far too many of us mm-hmm. we have to put so much money out of pocket for the hope and the prayer that somebody's going to either buy it or support it or fund it or whatever it is in the future. Here in Europe and Scandinavia, I, I call you Scandinavia Europe, mm-hmm. so I apologize. But you're you're Schengen, though.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's one of the Nordic countries, even though it's not like, uh, yeah, so it, we have an agreement with the other Nordic countries and we have, uh, we're not in the Euro- uh, European Union, but we are in the what it's the called, continent. The, yeah, and we have like this. Uh, oh, what it's called, uh, there's another agreement like Schengen, yeah, Schengen, and also this. Um, oh, there's another agreement, yeah, it's called Avrovska Epnags, so it's like a financial agreement. <laughs> I'll look it up, I'll send you an email, okay, tell you what it is. That explains yeah. where my bank card yeah. works here, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. And, um,
0: but yeah, uh, shoot, after I totally lost my train of thought.
1: <laughs> yeah, you. we were talking about um, this artist salary that you applied for. Ugh, I mean, yeah.
0: I, I love the theory of it. Yeah. I think it's amazing. Like, I just wish it was substantial enough to actually, like. So, from what it sounds like, it's, it's not enough money to, let's say, not have another job.
1: Yeah. And the thing is that it is um, like uh, specifically categorized as a 67% job. And I
0: noticed that yeah, here that, that you is, all yeah. do like percentages yes, for jobs. Like exactly. I saw 40% jobs, 50% yeah. jobs, 60%. And I'm yeah. just like, in some ways, I love that precision. Yeah. Yeah. But in some ways, it's like, that's kind of ridiculous to be able to just like quantify that. But yeah. yes.
1: And so maybe it's a way to justify that the the this salary is not higher. Um, because it's, it's not enough per month. But you are not allowed to have... A, a job that is more than 33 percent so it's it's yeah it, it's funny and it used to be like this has changed over the year this grant system is quite old and it used to be more like um you didn't have to specify a, a project or an exhibition it was more like i'm an artist i need time to work i need time to be in my studio please give me this artist salary because i'm worth it and and you got that, and you got time. But now, it's more um, how we call it like Excel. Um, more um, everything is more categorized, and it has to be kind of justified in means of of science or like
0: oh yeah, how, it's, how it's you, quantifiable,
1: quantifiable exactly. So yeah. now it's more project-based so you have to have a project and if you don't have well you can actually if you don't have an invitation from a gallery or a museum you can say that you are doing a research on something and you can kind of you know put it into words that we it's worth all yeah. always doing research yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so you have to justify you have to justify the time that you spend and yeah yeah so one of the problems is that it's um it's the due date for the application is in September. And often the art scene is not ready. Not The biggest museums have decided their exhibitions, but the, the smaller ones maybe not. And the artists run galleries and so on. Why so,
0: haven't the, I don't know, the institutions and or the government deadlines matched up? Like,
1: that's a good question. That's something that, yeah. That's uh
0: That seems obvious yeah, to me. But yeah. I'm an outsider. And I make no judgment. Yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> no, or have totally application
1: deadlines twice a year would make it easier. So it's uh yeah. It's a heavy system and maybe hard to change. Uh the other problem is that this salary is only like two-thirds or like yeah, half or two-thirds of what average um salary in this country is.
0: Oh, so even that quote unquote, like 60% that they're giving you is yeah. actually a low per- salary of 60%.
1: Yes, it is very low. And it's, um, yeah, it's very low. And you have to pay the taxes yourself and take care taxes of everything. Are high here. Yeah, yeah. And so you have, t- you from this salary, you are running a studio, you're buying materials, and there's hardly anything. Well, there's not much left to kind of provide for a family. So, yeah.
0: Well, so then lends back to the question of like, how have you found it to uh, personally, so disregard the government grants and all this kind of stuff like, but your personal experiences of like trying to be an artist financially, like professionally in this region?
1: Well, my way of doing it has been to have a job on the side, and I have been.
0: What do you do? I just want it. Did not be exactly what you do, <laughs> yeah. but like I always wonder whether creative people take creative jobs or do creative people take jobs that are not creative whatsoever to save up their creative energy? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's that's actually a thing I've been trying to figure out because m- mostly I've been working in the uh fine art uh, field right. so i've been a coordinator for the visual um, icelandic visual arts association i've been the general manager of the living art museum uh, which is like a 60 percent job then i was a 40 percent artist <laughs> and um and i've uh, been a coordinator at the iceland academy uh, which was a 50 percent job so i've i've done like yeah a, part-time jobs on the side, And I've also been teaching. Uh, and then I have received this artist salary um, quite a few times, so I, I have to watch out not to be ungrateful. Um, um, yeah, so I've been able to take a pause from these part-time jobs and focus on my art. Um, 100% and that's what I'm doing at the moment I'm yeah
0: right but just to be clear (laughs) I'm visiting as an outsider this place is so expensive
1: yeah I know like so
0: I mean like how do you live like if I was trying to be an artist here I'm not sure I could afford it
1: well we don't eat out
0: (laughs) seriously yeah well yeah. I get it. Yeah. Like, we, I mean, we cook at home. I, went, yeah. I <laughs> went to try and buy like, I was just like, oh, I'll just get pizza. Like, no, that'd be fine, I'll get pizza. It was like 50 US dollars for picking pizza. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me yeah so yeah I, okay I, so yeah. my biggest secret i eat popcorn yeah, while yeah. i'm here <laughs> yeah. and, and bread Potatoes, and, yeah. <laughs> and day-old bread
1: no but my um i hate to admit this but uh, my biggest secret is that i have a husband and he's providing for our family yeah. is
0: it a secret that you have a husband
1: well, no it's not a <laughs> not a secret no i just i would really want to say that i I would really like to say that I could provide and and be a, like fully working artist, but uh, yeah.
0: My wife is an accountant; she makes a good <laughs> income. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. We make approximately at this moment the same income, so yeah. like it's not like she's the breadwinner. Though I would love it. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. I joke with my wife. I'm like, "Honey, you want to be like a power businesswoman, and like you want to support the family. I will be a stay at home dad and yeah. an artist. Like mm-hmm. I am all for that. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't yeah. want that though. No. Yeah.
1: But actually, um, I like working on the on the side. I I um, I always thought that I didn't like it because when I was working, sometimes a bit too much, I was always kind of uh, craving to be more in the studio and and that that's a good feeling you know
0: it's that thing when you're busy yeah you you uh, okay for me when i'm busy i'm exponentially busy when i'm not busy i am Utterly not busy. yeah like my I, I watch everything on Netflix. Oh, really? like, like, yeah. like I am not busy at all. Yeah. Like, but I find that creative people or the people I know anyways do a lot of what I call like fits and spurts. Yeah. The ebbs and flows. Like yeah. when you're creative and you're busy or whatever, you're very busy. And when you're not, you are utterly not.
1: It's a good description. <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: so like so like when you're busy with a job, like yeah. even if you're just busy, suddenly you have less time and suddenly you're like, wait, I need to really I only only have so much time that i can then fit some time into the studio so i really have to focus and work exactly. whereas if i have nothing to do i'm like Meh, i'll get to that later
1: <laughs> exactly yeah I get, I get um a little bit lazy when i have too much time yeah
0: oh, i get a lot lazy yeah.
1: but but it's it's a balance you have to figure out because i've also had periods where i've been working too much and then also having exhibitions and and doing like my art uh having my art practice on the side and it can't be difficult because it's difficult when you're always making art when you're tired you know it becomes a little bit negative and negative energy is not good for creativity so you, you have to watch out and so it, i i don't have an answer like there's i don't think there's like a perfect way of doing this it's like yeah,
0: <laughs> I've learned for myself. I stay out of the studio if I'm depressed or yeah. negative or whatever, because I'm just going to waste art supplies. I'm going to waste my time. I'm going to you know waste stuff because it, even if it's good, I'm not going to have like a good association with it because it's going to remind me of that sad, depressing whatever time. Yeah, exactly. And so like, so yeah. yeah, I just stay out and yeah. I just sort of wait until the the time comes. But uh, not everybody has that luxury. Quite no, honestly, no,
1: exactly. Well. We're very privileged in this way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, back to the like the art scene in Iceland. There's um, a- another thing that I I feel is a little bit special about Iceland is that um, for for longest time there hasn't really been uh, an art market. It's um, the artists here depend more on grants and artist salaries than they depend on on selling the work so it hasn't been like a market driven art scene so it's it's very experimental and and yeah uh, but it something is changing now uh there is i don't know the public is more interested in art so they are buying more art and there are more galleries popping up so that at the moment there is something going on and so people are selling more. I don't know how long that will last, or I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but something is going on.
0: Well, it's an interesting balance because like, I, I've made my position clear about this. Like In America, it's very much like you make a product, you put it up on, on the wall, you sell it, you take the money from it, you reinvest it, you make more work, mm-hmm. very capitalistic, mm-hmm, totally. Mm-hmm. Europe as a general whole, and I'm going to include Iceland in this particular statement, which is basically very much more conceptual. So, yeah. like, you, you come up with an idea, yeah. then you get that idea funded, and then you produce the thing, and there's no need for it to be sold because it's already been paid for yes, exactly. through the production yeah. process, mm-hmm. which in many ways I love because there's no pressure, no yeah. necessity for sales. But if sales happen to come, it's like a double down bonus yeah, yeah. for you because yeah. not only did the production get funded, but then you sold it also. Exactly. But, yeah. But a lot of the work is very difficult to sell.
1: Mhm.
0: No yeah. nothing personal. I'm going I'll even say your your exhibition that we're here looking at like one hand, one side of it is very much sellable. Mm-hmm. Maybe not sales specific, but it's got a, pieces in a frame that are on a wall that could be separated out or, or hanging on a wall, not in a frame. But then the other side is, of, the, of the exhibition is very experiential. It's, it's, an, it's a full installation, much more difficult to sell, if even possible to sell, quite exactly. honestly.
1: Only a, a museum would buy an installation oh, yeah. like that, yeah. But I, I have sold installations.
0: So family and children is Mm -hmm. often a topic that comes up that, you know, we wonder, like, is it uh, something that is beneficial personally, professionally, or is it, are there any issues? I mean, for that matter, we could even expand that into any source forms of like sexism as well. Like, have you had any of these kinds of like issues? Because, like, specifically when it comes to children, I've heard stories about women in particular where they have to take—they don't—I shouldn't say they have to—they choose to take some time off to be with the children after they're born and it puts a gap in their cv and then mm. that becomes an issue about how to get back into the career and all this kind of stuff so like are any of these kinds of things the types of things you have run into
1: mm, i don't think that's an issue in iceland uh, we well we have uh this um, maternity leave system and you can decide um if the father takes it or the mother there's like a you get three months each and then you have three months that you can decide who takes and usually it's a mother because the mother is breastfeeding but it could just as easily be the father and um, there has been a lot of talk about um, um, having the maternity leave uh, longer because it's it's not enough and then yeah so and the the kindergarten doesn't start until there too. two so we have um, well it's we have an in-between system of like daycare, um, it's called mama, like daycare mothers, mm-hmm. sometimes fathers. So, yeah.
0: Well, in the Czech Republic, yeah. they have a one-year minimum maternity leave, mm. three years optional, uh-huh. paid by the wow. government.
1: yeah, okay.
0: Well, it, it, sound, it sounds more romantic than it really is, but, it's, but there's a set amount of money. The, 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 they will, the women will be given based on their salary the day they go out mm-hmm. on maternity leave, and they can choose to, to get the entire amount of money in one year or have it spaced out over three years, okay. but their job is has to legally be waiting for them upon their return.
1: Oh, what about those that don't fit into that system?
0: I don't know. No. <laughs> it's another well, another so, topic. Well, no, yeah. the problem yeah. that they yeah. do is what they do is they they'll get out and then they'll get pregnant again at two and a half years ah. and then they'll have another three years out. So they'll end up having six years out of work, but their job still has to legally be waiting for them when they return six years later.
1: Wow. That's maybe difficult for the <laughs> for the how do you say that It's got its yeah. pros and cons. Yeah. We'll yeah, go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, here in Iceland, I, I think, well, I think we're pretty far in terms of equal rights. Of course, we're not all the way there. There's still like a gap, especially with the the, the salary. It's uh, men get higher salary than women. But we are in, yeah, well, in our mentality, I think we believe in equal rights. And so um, taking care of children is something that... Um, the mother and the father they divide the chores and uh, usually, yeah. So uh, my not
0: breastfeeding, but everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly.
1: F- yeah, I would say so. And in, in my case, my husband has taken uh, or, and does still take a big part uh, of the parenting and and just running the household in general. So um, it's not like you take. Um, actually, I didn't take. I, a lot of time off with either of my um, boys. I was doing an exhibition with my um, younger son when he was um, six weeks old. I don't recommend it. It was a, an exhibition that I, I, I couldn't postpone. I was trying to, but it was a complication with uh, the with, um, timing and, and grants and so on. So yeah, but uh, in Iceland it's quite normal to have a family and be an artist. Whereas I've exhibited quite a lot in Germany, and people there seem to have a different uh, mentality. Uh, They seem to be surprised that I can be a practicing artist and the mother at the same time. And yeah.
0: I'll tell you, there's something I've heard about in Scandinavia in Mm -hmm. general. I mean, specifically, I heard this story in Norway, but I believe it's Icelandic as well, which is a difference between a lot of other cultures where. Uh, in a lot of other cultures when you somebody has a family when they have, suddenly have children their life sort of revolves around the children mm-hmm. so like it, it, it shifts everything yeah yeah I've heard stories so help me out if I'm yeah. wrong on this story that basically like the mentality of the Scandinavians is more okay I have a child who is now part of my life
1: yeah yeah
0: and so you like you don't really com- like change your hopes dreams beliefs careers whatever to to accommodate the child but now the child is sort of on the journey with you in your life and career and etc is that about right
1: i think so i I, and i think also like yeah i think it's right i think we um we don't set everything aside we just continue with what we are doing but of course we also we have a system that supports that you know, we have um, kindergartens from the age of two, and they are not expensive. And I was gonna say
0: that sounds young to me. For some reason, I remember kindergarten being like age five in the United States.
1: Yeah, it's 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 very normal. They start at two. Some even start younger. They have like an infantry, like um, uh, special
0: for the Day gift, for the yeah. gifted children they <laughs> yeah. get to start school early
1: No, it's more like a daycare center uh, for uh, for people well there ha- is is this problem with um, the gap between um, the maternity when the maternity leave stops and the kindergarten starts so that's a period of like um, of problems with a how year, to solve a, a year daycare. and a half yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the answers has been to have like a special um, kindergartens, which are for younger kids, almost like, yeah, infants. <laughs> yeah.
0: That would be pre-kindergarten? Yeah, pre-kindergarten. Kindergarten? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like yeah. kindergarten is already before garden. Like, yeah, so yeah. Like pre-kinder- pre pre-kindergarten. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, So so it's... It's, um, yeah, people see it as a normal thing to have a kid and to continue with whatever you're doing, continue with your studies at the university or art academies, and continue with your careers. But also, I think we are um, quite a tight, like there's like this tight family relationship in Iceland. So we rely a lot on the family so we are rely on our like re- rely on the grandparents for example to help out with the kids and it's a it's a small community and there's not like huge distances between places so i think most people here have a support net to help out with the kids and i hear for those that don't have a support network it's it's more difficult
0: i would imagine yes yeah Yeah, you're making me think about, like, my future. I'm like, I I probably won't have much of a support network (laughs) when I have kids. Because my parents are in the United States and her family is, like, two hours away from where we are. So, like, that's not really helpful.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the grandparents help out a lot, but also just aunts and uncles and so it's, uh, yeah, and friends also, like, yeah. Okay,
0: but, like, so, but then equating that back to the arts Mm because of course that's what this podcast is all about so like have there been any uh, pros or cons like any opportunities that have come because of being a a, a, I shouldn't say because of being a mother but because of being a parent Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. or anything that has sort of been um, taken away from you some opportunities because of being a parent
1: well I guess I could say that I haven't done a lot of residencies because of being a parent uh, because um I can't imagine doing them with my kids. I just wouldn't be able to focus. <laughs> and, um, I, some of
0: them offer that. Now.
1: Yeah. Some of them offer that, but I, 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 would have to have a nanny and I don't know how, how that would work out, you know.
0: <laughs> I'm going to yeah. my artist residency <laughs> with my nanny. <laughs> yeah. And my exactly. Child. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, it was wrong.
1: It seems very wrong. And, um, many residencies are for like two or three months and, um, i'm just not ready to be away from my sons for that long a period okay
0: shift that gear a little bit are residencies incredibly important
1: that's i I wouldn't know because i haven't really done any of them (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: okay the reason why i ask is because like when i was in school 20 years ago Mm -hmm. they were not very important in the united states i should be clear they would, or they didn't seem very important. Mm-hmm. However, now I feel like they're very important.
1: Do you mean like in terms of having them on your CV?
0: Like pa- partly having them on your CV, yeah. partly making connections yeah, through yeah. them. Because, like, I hear stories of, of, of even people I, I went to school with doing residencies, ending up meeting curators, other artists, collectors, et cetera, who then build their network in some amazing way that if they had not done that residency would never have happened.
1: Exactly, well, I guess in that way they are important, yes. And I think I know a lot of people who have been doing residencies and I have been wanting to do one just to kind of get some um, space and time to, to focus on my art. Uh, but I I have been abroad doing exhibitions and stayed abroad for like three weeks or four weeks and that has been very fruitful. I've made connections and so on, f- uh, and through that. But it hasn't been like a formal residency. Uh, but yes, I, I I guess they are, and they can be important. But you can also well, I've, I've managed without, you know. <laughs>
0: so well, yeah. But theoretically, a residency <laughs> yeah. is funded and pays for it so there is that element again of like the freedom of having something paid for as well
1: yeah yeah that's true (laughs) one day I, i i will do one yeah
0: well, okay. But so you talked about like the idea of exhibiting in other countries. I would imagine Iceland and keep in mind, I'm so sorry if I'm offending Iceland while I say this guy stuff, but like there are probably limited op- opportunities here. Like, I mean, there are a number of opportunities, but you're going to run out of opportunities at a certain point if you do a long career here. That's true. And so like, you're going to need to go elsewhere. So like how important is it like the balance between like having a a, a utilizing the opportunities that are in country and utilizing opportunities out of country like what's the balance of those like
1: yeah it's it's a good question i think i'm still figuring it out or trying to figure it out it's i it's absolutely true what you say that it's it's a small community and it's like I've been working as an artist now for 15 years, and um, actually, I think I could say I have exhibited in some way in every museum in Iceland. So uh, there comes a time when, when you just you feel you, for your career to grow and expand, you need to abroad because otherwise you're just kind of doing the same circle again like okay i'll do that museum again and yeah. that, and what was
0: the first museum i said i'll go back and try them again yeah. now 15 <laughs> yeah. years later we'll, we'll do a retrospective
1: yeah exactly so i i think it's quite important to go abroad uh and um it was well it is difficult in some ways for example we are an island you you have to either fly or or sail to get to the mainland
0: and ship artwork. Yeah. And ship artwork, which is
1: no. So it, it it comes with a lot of expenses and it's hard. So you're not able to do that many times a year. And so many Icelandic artists, they live in Berlin, for example, or they live abroad for I've some period. I've a yeah. lot of them in Berlin. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah.
0: Because I did a little Google search, like Icelandic artist, and like many of them came up living in Berlin. Yeah. Why Berlin?
1: Um, well, I think it has sort of developed over time that um, it's a place, it's... it's. Um, it's easy to go there. It's uh, it's quite cheap to live there compared to Iceland. Agreed. M- many many galleries, so a lot of things happening, and um, um, yeah, and because there are Icelandic artists there, they have relations, so it's easier for the other ones to come and maybe benefit from those relations already made. Makes sense. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. And it's it's vibrant it's live and it's for a time people said it was the the center of of <laughs> the art scene in europe
0: i love but, how yeah. you say for yeah. a time people said it was, yeah implying because now, it's not
1: well that's what I, I well it's hard for me to make judgments because i haven't lived there and i haven't experienced it but um i hear many people now are moving to uh, Athens, to Greece or to Lisbon. There's like a new center or maybe there are more centers. So I don't know The, Yeah, there are many centers, I guess. Used to be Paris and New York and then Berlin. And yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, I went to Berlin. Before the pandemic and actually did interviews there with people, some of the earliest episodes of the podcast. And many of them were basically like, it's, it's opportunity rich, Mm -hmm. but financially poor. So there are lots of exhibition opportunities, lots of galleries, lots of institutions, but not a lot of collectors.
1: I see. So like
0: you can go there and basically build your CV and have some great opportunities, but you're not going to make any money.
1: I see, yeah. <laughs> so some people come back and yeah. Um, and many people, many Scandinavian people get their um, financial support from their home countries and then they live in Berlin. And then, then maybe this artist salary is enough. For right, you yeah. To, you uh, take
0: that 60% yeah. Icelandic salary yeah, yeah. but live in a cheaper place and it's actually not that bad. Exactly, interesting no wait step back to like so you have not sort of left iceland
1: well i have i studied and lived in denmark for four years but that was like a um that was like a, how do you say um i started studying at the iceland academy and then we moved to denmark uh, because my husband was studying and then we came back and i uh, continued my studies so it was like this uh, leap
0: sure leap years we'll just go with that yeah Yeah. (laughs) but well okay but and the reason why i ask because and i've asked most people this and i i can't please iceland don't take offense to everything i'm saying here but like why do a lot of icelandic artists either stay and or return
1: i think it's family okay i think so and um for um up until recently uh, you could not do an ma program in iceland so you had to go abroad to study if you 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 could get in
0: scotland an M- a lot of people yes, go there scotland yeah I've noticed yeah. that
1: and uh, the netherlands for many years also um yeah so y- there was only a ba you could do in iceland up until maybe eight years ago or something like that Okay. so now there's a, an ma program and i actually did that because um uh, I was not in a position to uh, move abroad when I felt it was like time for me to do an MA and but I did an exchange study in Stockholm in Sweden, which was really good and yeah so and the the good thing about the MA program in Iceland uh, now at the Iceland Academy is that it uh, it's taught in English, it's an international program, so a lot of people come in from abroad. If of, anybody from yeah. the
0: schools listening, I'm a photography professor, always looking for a new full time yeah. <laughs> position. I would be happy to come and interview for a position there. That sounds amazing. But anyways, always Not looking it. for new jobs. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, come on, how much fun is that? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting thing because, like, I grew up in Washington D.C. and then I moved and graduated, and what? And I have no interest in going back.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, no.
0: None whatsoever. But so you I want to stay in I, Europe. Or- <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a funny question. when I got married I was living in the United Arab Emirates okay really? yeah that's a long story but so I was teaching there so I was in the United Arab Emirates I got married and and my wife is Czech I'm American and so all the expats all joke, oh your wife married you for a green card for America and I was like don't, who are you kidding I married my wife so I could work in the EU yeah <laughs> I totally don't. I have yeah. no interest in going back to America. Are you kidding? It's ridiculous over there right now. Yeah. The politics, the la- the poor support for the arts. Like the one thing that was always hard to me being in America was the utter disrespect I felt towards the arts. Yeah. Like they just don't see the benefit of it whatsoever mm-hmm. anywhere near the way almost every European country does
1: when you measure everything in capitalist terms, it, you, it's, it's, it's hard to see the benefits of, of just pure uh, creation and culture. And
0: yeah. Agreed, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I grew up, my father's a priest. I don't know, priest, minister, reverend, whatever word you want to put to it. I'm so bad with calling, naming my daughter. <laughs> but, and, and so like, I'm all about like community building. And so, like, that's my teaching, that's, you know, the arts, it's all that. And, of course, my father's also an icon writer. Mm, uh, so, like, okay. yeah, I have a very interesting family. My mother's an interior decorator as well. So, I see. Yeah. yeah. But, so, you know, I'm all about that idea of the of the community, mm-hmm. supporting things, building stuff, yeah. all this. And whereas, like, the American culture just cares about money yeah like really money mm. and power yeah those are the two things they're all yeah. about i mean like when i was in college was i in college yeah i was in college and i went to belize you know british honduras down mm. to central america and i got there and one day this the the, the our, our teacher was like oh would you like to go meet the national artist And I was like, for fuck's sake, they have a national artist? Is it
1: like one a year? No, No. it was
0: like a lifetime appointment. Oh, wow. He is the national artist. Oh, really? Not only is he the national artist, his artwork was on the currency.
1: Oh, my God. And I was just and like. When do they change? Is it like a lifetime thing? And I have then... no idea. I, <laughs> haven't, I
0: haven't looked back. I mean, this okay. was 1992. So, like, I don't know. I'm sure it's changed okay. by now. But yeah, but, yeah. but the fact that this, this small country had a national artist.
1: Yeah. That's a. how much they appreciate the arts. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Then they put his artwork On the currency So they don't have like dead white people Dead racist white Mm. people On their currency The way that America does And it's just like oh my god Other countries can do it right Mm. Mm -hmm. And like Ever since that experience It's Mm -hmm. always been like I've been trying to find That place That really is excited by Mm -hmm. Supportive of And Mm. all these other kinds of great adjectives (laughs) Around the arts Yeah And Europe is far more of that.
1: Yeah, but yeah, but we have to make sure that it stays that way. It's a it's a fight that we can't you know stop fighting, because here every year when they um, announce uh, the artist salaries, who are the artists that get the artist salaries, and it's not only visual arts. It's uh, also like in music and theater and. Uh, and design and writers and so on and then every year um, the social media is like on fire and uh, people like claiming why are we paying for these stupid artists why can't they just you know sell their work and make a living like the rest of us and and to be honest a fair question yeah
0: like It's a fair question.
1: And then, and then the, the, the other side is saying, OK, we, we want to have a cultural society. This is what it takes to to have a cultural society. And we want to we are proud of our artists and we are proud of the culture. And we like we sell the culture like when tourists come here. It's it's because of the nature and the culture.
0: I have to admit, walking around the city, uh, this is probably the most um, dense city for public sculpture mm-hmm. that yeah, I think I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. Like there is almost a, like a public art sculpture. Every block,
1: yeah, you're right, and the and the center, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I don't go anywhere no. but the center. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, the, center, <laughs> the city center. But yeah.
0: well, not even the city center. I mean, I've gone out to some of the uh, sort of the parks on the I don't know northern side. Yeah, the, that end. I'm pointing to something she can see, you can't. Yeah. But like, <laughs> all the way down, e- even the parks out there. Yeah, sculptures everywhere. Like I mean, the, there's. I was sort of very pleasantly surprised by the sheer volume and and also murals, lots of murals. Yeah, which you know a lot of of cities don't like murals for whatever reason Mm -hmm. i mean and i kind of get it but there's also not a lot of graffiti here this is a very clean city too i have to admit that
1: there are places with graffiti i I think in the center they are cleaned off like immediately well but not
0: not just the graffiti i mean i mean clean like i was out somewhere and i saw like a whole crew of people like Weeding the the yeah, sidewalks yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, yeah. like it's a clean city.
1: Yeah, it's it's the time of the year when it's clean. It's funny because um, we we have this. Um, it's called Vinnuskole, which is like a school to learn how to work, or uh, would be the direct translation. So it's like a program for teenagers in the summertime. They apprenticeships get
0: apprenticeships or internships. Yeah. No,
1: well, not really. They are just um, they are getting a job from the city. And they are uh, cleaning the city. So maybe a month ago, everything was a mess, you know. But now we have the teenagers out and, and cleaning.
0: <laughs> it's funny. Okay, from my American perspective, <laughs> when I saw these teenagers out cleaning the street, because it was teenagers doing yeah. this, I was just like, oh, those are the delinquents that got in trouble. Oh, my God, <laughs> because, no. <laughs> because in, in America, the kids that are doing that kind of work yeah, are the ones yeah. that literally that like went to court and they had to do communi- what's called community service. Oh, my God.
1: No, it's not like that it's they are getting paid and it's it's like a way to to uh teach them how to work and and to get salary and it's yeah so it's sometimes called like teenage work or yeah i think it's great i thought they were delinquents yeah (laughs) No, they're just normal Icelandic. Okay, teenagers. normal Icelandic teenagers <laughs> do
0: delinquent work, like community service, like the way yeah. they would do it in America. Okay, that's great. I mean, yeah. So they
1: get they get funny. some weeks uh, a year that they can work and get paid, and yeah.
0: Yeah, but again, back to the, like the sculpture stuff. Like, I was very pleasantly surprised by yeah. it. Like, uh, you know, I sort of had the impression that the, this was a very visually culture related so whether it's the, the nature or whether it's sort of like even like you know the, your major the church that everybody knows even the new harpa um, institution like very visually sort of striking yeah. architecture and stuff but i did not know that there was such a sheer volume yeah. of sculptures all around
1: we have some uh like um uh, important artists that uh, were focused on sculpture and we are yeah. um,
0: Ar- Armsund Armsund Sveinsson
1: As- yes, Jónsson, <laughs> <laughs> also a female artist Gerður there's a museum named after her in Kópavogur so yeah yeah so we, we I think we do take pride in in our sculptors um but actually Iceland is more known for the Literary heritage, like we um, yeah. have so many writers, the and sagas, the sagas, and yeah, and yeah. So um, the visual arts are quite new in Iceland. It's a young, like our art history is like beginning in the around nineteen hundred.
0: Well, okay, but so going to that, so going back to like the support that's given to the, is it. Equal support, so like let's say performing arts, music, author, you know, writers, visual artists, are they all given equal support, or is some of them given more money, some given less money? It's not equal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the
1: um, the writers are
0: getting more. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and it. it I mean, it's all they're like, doing is putting paper yeah. pieces. <laughs> into that. Why do they need more money? Like, yeah,
1: well, it's it's a it's a debate. the The designers are getting even less. You know, the the, the visual artist. It's design is a new field in Iceland, so what each um, art field gets like a certain uh, amount of months that they can. Uh, pro, um, give out to right yeah so
0: design can be done quickly so they get less months whereas writing takes a long time so they need they're given more months
1: maybe something like that or maybe just like the design is like it's a recent um recent category so they've still like
0: just for clarification design do you mean like furniture design, pottery design? Like, I mean, is it like yeah, is that graphic design? Like, what kind of design? I
1: mean, like product design, product but it's design. yeah, okay. yeah. But it's not. I don't think it's specifically like categorized in the like. I think you can apply with like different backgrounds, but it's it's more like projects that are are like independent and you don't get paid by a a company or like someone else funding it, then you turn to this.
0: Isn't that called being an artist? But yeah.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Freelance designer or artist. Yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, there has been discussion about the that it's not really uh, fair that the writers get so many months and the uh, visual artists get get less well
0: okay like yeah. cause I'm sitting here in my mind I'm thinking okay a, a, an author says I need 18 months to set aside to write a book mm-hmm. fine uh, totally legit I, I'm not going to in any way yuck their yum I'm sure they, they absolutely yeah. need that But then like let's say there's a stone sculptor Mm -hmm. that also needs 18 months to carve one stone. And they need to buy all the tools Mm -hmm. and they need the workshop and they need to buy the stone in the first place. So like there's so much more what I call like hard costs that visual artists or even performing artists, musicians, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, they need their equipment. They need the recording studios. They need all these kinds of things. That are that yeah, authors exactly. don't need. No. I mean authors quite literally just need a piece of paper and a pen.
1: for a computer. <laughs> not even. Not it's even. It's not necessary. Yeah, it's not necessary, right. Yeah. But in in a way I hate to compare and I, I I wouldn't like some people have been saying we should take take some months off the writers and give it to the artists or give it to the designers. I I wish we could add more months so that yeah yeah no so I, that, I go the other way.
0: Yeah. Don't take anything away no. from anybody. Yeah. Put more funding. Exactly.
1: in. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. That's a real simple yeah. balance. Yeah. Like you don't. It's funny. I, there's another thing that I, that I do in my private life that like, they, they, they a lot of things are. Uh, People are taking things away, mm-hmm. thinking that's an incentive in mm-hmm. some way. Mm-hmm. But realistically, putting more into it yeah. is more of an incentive.
1: Exactly, and it has been actually proven, like um, that, the money that the government puts into the arts um, benefits the whole community, and it goes back into the community.
0: I know yeah. <laughs> I used to run a public sculpture program so yeah. like I literally had to do research and like convince governments mm-hmm. about like how the arts benefits yeah. things and it, it's hard so because it's, it's so not so it's
1: an investment actually
0: the problem is is a, a long term non-direct A to B quantifiable return yes, and that's exactly. the problem that's with the problem. convincing yeah. like if if there was a way to make it so art, like you know investment in arts gave X return directly. Yeah. It would be so much easier. Yeah. But we can't do that. I mean, the only way to do that is like institutions that can basically like click off like every time somebody arrives or show their financials kind of thing. Like that's it. But like when you're talking about like public arts or galleries or museums it's really really hard to quantify
1: and it's it's i hate that it has to be quantified and i hate that it has to be measured in terms of money because why not measure in terms of happiness like why not measure like how (laughs) yeah oh boy (laughs) we're preaching to the choir here
0: like the two of us why can't we measure life and happiness instead of money yeah I mean I agree Uh, with you like my my wife is an accountant yeah so like she measures everything in money whereas (laughs) I measure like I'm like yeah but does it make me happy yeah exactly you're like I I have I have never in my life had the desire to be quote, quote unquote like rich Yeah, I have always wanted to have what I this is my goal as an artist i want to have enough money to do what i want to do Mm -hmm. without having to worry about money
1: yeah that's it that's my goal too (laughs) i
0: I don't think that's an unrealistic goal no
1: exactly exactly
0: but yet it's very hard for a lot of people to accomplish that and of course it's very hard for governments to understand that or funders and all this kind of stuff so yeah that's a whole different thing but yeah
1: and i wish culture could be valued for for being culture yeah national we, artists yeah. put your
0: artist money on the currency yeah, yeah. these are the kinds of things you know exactly. come on don't yeah. get me wrong nobody knows who that belizean artist was unfortunately outside of belize but he was a very nice guy I ended up yeah. meeting him He like oh. yeah he was just like the nicest guy you roll into his house he offers you a beer like you yeah. just hang out and so does weird.
1: he get like salary every month from the states he's you
0: know? he no he sells his bi- ah, he sells okay. his art like nobody's yeah. business he okay. was the most prolific and like sales like he sold he, he, he couldn't even like his work was sold before he even finished it Yeah,
1: yeah. it was
0: ridiculous sure. but don't get me wrong the price of his work was ex- exponentially lower okay. than like the price of the, a similar quality of work from the United States I see. Because the cost of living and the standard yeah, of living yeah. in Belize was lower. So like I mean he did very well for himself within his culture. Mm, that's good. But did he do very well for himself like in the based on the New York culture yeah. or the Reykjavik? Probably not. Yeah. He probably would have been poor here.
1: Yeah, I see.
0: Yeah. So it's all relative, sadly. But
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm exhausted. All of a sudden, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It, it's just like we're passionate about <laughs> yeah. this, for
0: fuck's sake. But, yeah. All right. Um, one last question that sort of popped yeah. in my head is like, okay, so born and raised, I call it on the island. What do you all call it? Like in country on yeah. island? or there any sort of terminology for that? We
1: we say in the country. In country. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Born and raised in the country, and and so like, I guess the question is is like do you feel like there's a specific sort of aesthetic or quality about the artists of this region and that if they choose to go somewhere else that they need to change or is it, is is it something that translates well or is it, is there a difficulty in sort of showing work of, by and about the Icelandic culture in other places? Hmm. That's a big so question. It's a I big know.
1: question. It's a hard question. Well, the, um, I think the art scene now is very international. So I think like artists from Iceland go abroad, and there's not a big difference between what they're doing and what artists from other countries are doing. But I think before it used to be maybe more like specific. Um, there is like this um, um, fluxus heritage in Iceland. There's um, a conceptual heritage. I love the Fluxus. Yeah. There was um, uh, Dieter Röth, who lived in Iceland and had great impact. constantly comes up in conversation.
0: Why is he so important to you all?
1: Um, Well, he came...
0: (laughs) That sounded so long, I'm so sorry. I know. But like, like, almost everybody I talk to brings up Dieter Röth.
1: Yeah. He had a great impact, I think. Um, He he came at a time where things were changing. So, um, there was... Um, a lot of things going on here in the 60s and the 70s so there was like um, a group of artists that were more avant-garde and more um, experimental and this museum which we are sitting in um, the national gallery was uh, not really recognizing that group of artists it was more conservative and so as most national museums yeah are. it was probably <laughs> the same thing all over the world but yeah. um so uh, i think dita was like a great um influence to this group of artists who then got more uh, i i guess you could say um greater self-esteem or got like support and and i don't know how you could say were empowered Um, and so they started their own museum this living art museum that we uh, touched upon earlier and it was um, an artist run museum and quite special in a way that it was founded as a museum not a place to show work but a place to collect work because the national gallery wasn't collecting the the work from this group of artists and it's it's called the zoom uh, artists
0: which is really funny i did I didn't realize the word gallery versus museum the difference until I moved to Europe oh and I started to learn like Kunsthall's and the differences between all of the the different
1: things. yeah Yeah. yeah. and suddenly
0: I'm like oh so a museum is a place with a collection yeah but a gallery doesn't have a collection
1: no they're yeah no they're selling and then there's a place
0: uh, like a project space not necessarily because there are national galleries yes of course yeah but they have no collection whereas if you see a place is called National Museum yeah. it has a collection you're right I didn't know that difference
1: no exactly yeah yeah so you're uh, making a distinguished uh, distinction semantic yeah totally be- semantic. between like a gallery that is a commercial gallery and a gallery that is like a place to show work so could be called also like a project
0: yeah the gallery yeah. unfortunately mm. is misused i think yes, many different I think times it is. Yeah, yeah whereas but like the museum word is really a, is sort of a signifier that says it has a collection
1: yeah yeah
0: i didn't realize that 25 years i've been in the arts i didn't know that difference no <laughs> <laughs> really bad but anyways
1: yeah so the, there was um there was this movement of of artists making um like Fluxus based art conceptually based art but it has a it had like a specific Icelandic character and here actually we have a, a photo on this uh, brochure yes yeah, she's showing me a brochure it, here it's it's a work by Sigurdur Guðmundsson a pioneer in uh, in photography well photographic visual artworks and conceptual artworks and this uh photo here is of um, it's of him and he's it's called it's in a series of works he called situations so he's uh, placing himself in um, in certain context and photographing it so it's like a performance that is uh, photographed and that's the work and here you can see the 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 culture lying on the artist is the bread and the books and the shoes and it's the the brick and the the stone underneath so. Yeah. <laughs> I w- I will link
0: to this artist in the show notes so that yeah. you can look this up <laughs> otherwise because so, yeah. I don't want it to get mixed up with thinking it's your work. No, no, so, no, so exactly. I'll put a link yeah. to this artist yeah. in the show notes.
1: Yeah, so it it, it has this um yeah, this uh, group of artists that they had they were making works that were fluxus based and conceptual but it had special Icelandic like poetic essence. So a little bit lyrical and yeah. So referring to history, referring to nature. And yeah, so it was like, and also there was um, uh, like a minimalist movement here, but it was never like really strict and and concrete. It was always a bit more lyrical or yeah. I would
0: absolutely associate the, the works that I have seen with the term minimalist. Yeah, yeah. As as a general, like you know, as a broad stroke Mm -hmm. statement, there I've seen many other works that are not minimalist for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. But but a lot of the prominent sort of works and styles that I've seen throughout here have uh, uh, historically have been of of a minimalist aesthetic for sure. Yeah, But but like I mean, I was just at the. Reykjavik Art Museum mm-hmm. and they have a, a, an exhibition of somebody not minimalist.
1: No, you mean Arp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally
0: not <laughs> yeah. minimalist. But but historically He's there special, is a, yeah. yeah, there is mm-hmm. a, a strong I mean even your work mm-hmm. I would associate to the term sort of minimalist.
1: Yeah, I, um, I would too.
0: Yeah. In in, in the most broad strokey idea yeah, basically. Yeah. So okay. it's a very interesting characteristic the, the the this it's sort of a cultural thing to have this sort of Somewhat of an aesthetic, which seems to be, which this is something that I notice mm-hmm. a lot in the arts is there's either complementary or contradictory, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's what people do. So they either you embrace that minimalist and you mm-hmm. are that, you're complementing this history. Or you're contradicting it and yeah, you're like yeah. super busy yeah, yeah, yeah. super yeah. crazy yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. overindulgent yeah. um and 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 of that, course we
1: we have that too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <so> that's what <laughs> yeah. i've seen yeah. here for sure yeah. yeah but not a not a rich uh, painting uh, tradition i think well the first icelandic artists were painters of course like doing landscape painting and it had to do a lot with them um like fighting for independence uh so it was like showing the beautiful country and beautiful landscape we had in iceland and and so on but then uh around six um 60s and 70s the emphasis went like changed towards more fluxus based and minimalist and conceptualist and it has stayed that way i think um since then there's more emphasis on video art installations performances and so on and not much emphasis on painting of course there are painters but there are more like i tend uh, tend to describe them as like single islands they're like uh, strong artists strong painters but they are not like an ism Not like a movement.
0: There seems to be a decent amount of printmakers here as yeah, well. A lot of yeah. works on paper. Yeah, a lot of works on now, paper. And that's know,
1: also a Fluxus tradition. Right, it is. editions yeah. yeah, and yeah. things like that. But Edition, I mean, I would, artist books.
0: Right. Yeah, but I would yeah. imagine they're, they're probably not like printmakers as much as they're artists who do some work on paper. So, like, because, like, even you, like, you, you do some works on paper, which I, though they, the particular works I saw on this exhibition are painted or charcoal. It looks like a cray, some sort of pastel.
1: It's acrylic paint on the wall. You mean? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But, but, like, but it seems like working on paper is a very common thing here as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I love it. I'm a works on paper person myself. So, yeah, it's
1: it's very yeah. I think it's there's a rich tradition. And a, a huge tradition with artist books.
0: Very nice. All right. Yeah. Do you have any advice? That's how I always end everything.
1: Ah, uh, To whom? <laughs>
0: <laughs> to whoever you think you have the best advice for. Mm. I it would be the easiest way to go. Um, that's,
1: that's hard. It, hmm. I guess my advice to... To young artists, is to just keep doing what they feel is right for them, and not bend um, to like what is like trending or uh, what what they feel the they should do, or the art field is telling them to do, sort of um, indirectly, but to stay true to what they feel like their intuition is telling them to do. I think, yeah, because if, you, if you're if you just doing whatever everyone else wants you to do, it will never be true. I, I think it will always kind of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah, but
0: be prepared if you're going to, like, stay that course that there'll be decades where you will not be, yes. like, on top of the the market, kind of, thing, it's, you know, bad to say market, but you're not on top of the art scene. Uh, there'll be times where you will be out of favor. So, exactly. like that choice to do yeah. that kind of career mm-hmm. is is a struggle. It's a difficult one, it's yeah. a, and it's a marathon for yeah, sure.
1: For sure, and yeah, but I think it's the only way because it, I think if you wanna, I don't know, if you want your art to be truthful to you that's the only way to do it otherwise you will always be mediocre i think fair enough yeah
0: (laughs) well thank you very much
1: thank you thank you for a nice chat
0: Thank you for listening to the entire episode. We would appreciate it if you would share this podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, studio mates, or anybody with an interest in the arts and creative endeavors. The building and strengthening of the arts and creative community is at the core of our mission for this podcast. They can listen and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are produced by 5014. The audio was edited by Kush Audio Services, and the music was created by Pete Bybee. The Wise Fool Art Podcast is supported in part by an EEA grant from Iceland, Liechtenstein, and Norway, in an effort to work together for a green, competitive, and inclusive Europe. We would also like to thank our partners Hunt Kastner in Prague, Czech Republic, and Kunstcentrene in Norge in Norway. Links to EEA grants and our partner organizations are available in the show notes or on our website at wisefoolpod.com.